somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Chewy, we're home. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Walking Carpet, the Geekiverse's all-Star Wars podcast. I'm Josiah Leroy, and with me today, Jamie Leroy, a.k.a. Jimbo. Hi there. Also with us today, known in Buffalo as the Polish pierogi himself. I'm the only one who calls him that. He's not known as that, but I know him as that. Jeffrey Pobbs. Should I introduce myself with my game show host voice or... uh... It's good to be here, Josiah. <laughs> this is really going to be awesome stuff. Oh. We're going to talk about Star Wars. Oh, so, enough. A uh, little bit, little bit of news uh, for for the Star Wars universe this week. Um, so a few things on Reddit, a few things about a Blu-ray. There was a trailer involved. Um, uh, that's about all I got. So. And that's it. Bye. And that's it. First up. Um, Wanted to pass on. We're going to do a few things new on Walking Carpet. Uh, today we're recording. It's February 5th. By the time you're hearing this, it's going to be February 7th. But uh, this date in Star Wars history, Lucasfilm announces the anthology series. Wait, the 5th or the 7th? Huh? February 5th, okay. 2013. Okay. So that, okay, I see. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? Well, I didn't like, know if you were doing the date for the 7th or the 5th. No, it's for the 5th because I okay. thought it was a good enough fact gotcha. and it pertains to gotcha. today's uh, main topic of Solo, a Star Wars story. So we got news that they were going to be doing the long rumored spin off movies. So far, we've got Rogue One, which I thought was a pretty nice success. We've got Solo, which is to be determined. And it seems like all indications are we'll get a Kenobi movie in 2020. What is an anthology movie you want to see? Time period or a character? Ooh, good, good question. I could go on all day. Yeah, it feels like uh, it doesn't do it justice. It's just list one or two here. We could do a whole episode on it. I would like to see something in the old Republic era. Yeah. Which I know Ryan Johnson's going to do his own thing, but... um, I'd love to go back and make some of that Bioware stuff canon. Yeah, anything with like Darth Revan, yep. um, Dar- Darth Bane. I'm uh, into it. The Mandalorian Wars. Sure. Yeah, that that's all really good stuff. I'm probably going to go something random like C-3PO. What's up with... I thought you were going to say Greedo. <laughs> Greedo, yep. No, like any, any droid would be any, cool. So what about R5-D4? Sure. You know who that is? Vaguely. So in <laughs> R5-D4 is the red droid in A New Hope oh, that yeah. Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru almost buy instead oh, of R2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the book From a Certain Point of View, which celebrates 40 years of Star Wars, it's A New Hope told through the eyes of 40 different side characters, one of which is R5-D4. It's a really, really awesome conversation. Uh, basically, it's a chapter of what's going on in R5's head. R2 was talking to him about how R2 needs to get sold and that R5 has to stay behind because R2 needs to save the galaxy. It's this really awesome bit that I never even knew I wanted, but uh, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yep. So lots of, lots of good stuff since the anthology was announced a few years back, four years ago, or five years ago now, excuse me. Um, in terms of other Star Wars news this week, uh, it seems like Star Wars The Last Jedi... Uh, has a little bit of a leak online in terms of uh, material for the Blu-ray. So on Reddit, there is a post that says the Star Wars Blu-ray is going to have over two hours of bonus material, which I think is a little underwhelming. Uh, But they're going to be doing a 4K Ultra HD version, which I'm pretty stoked about. And it doesn't list this here, but usually March 6th is the week that this comes out. Now, Thor Ragnarok is coming out on Blu-ray March 6th, so maybe they want to avoid that, being the, the same parent company in Disney. So I, I, I think you could probably bank on the Blu-ray coming out by the time we, we next podcast this. Uh, does 4K matter to either one of you? Not, this parti- not particularly. Not yet. Okay, I was going to ask <laughs> if it's going to be a thing in the future for you. It, at some point, it'll be as mainstream as a Blu-ray, I would assume. Yeah. we're kind of headed there. But uh, it'll come out on digital uh, as well. Do you guys typically watch any movies on, on your iPads or iPhones? No. I mean, anytime I watch something on a tablet, it's like with my Kindle Fire. But, I mean, that's a completely 
different situation from an iPad or a, you know, a Galaxy tab. I almost never do. Uh, I have watched like Netflix on my phone or tablet or whatever, but not usually. You know, it, de- it depends on the movie. Like, if you're talking about a drama, like, I watched Whiplash on my Kindle. That was perfect. But if you're talking about a blockbuster, Whiplash. you know, action Yeah, adventure, you want a big TV. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, and, I, and not just for the visuals, but for the sound, too. Because you're difference. not going to get the same audio out of a, uh, a tablet as your, you know, your, stereo, your surround sound, your speakers, your television. So movies such as Last Jedi, you guys are going to want to see home theater. For sure. Oh, yeah. No, that's always my preference, but my my wife and I do a fair bit of traveling, so I always love those digital versions that come with the Blu-rays. So we put it on the iPad. Works great on the plane, sometimes in the hotel room, you know, whatever it may be. It's it's a nice little thing to have. So I like getting the whole package there. Um, Additionally, March 6th is going to be the release of The Last Jedi novelization. Is this something either of you are interested in? I'm going to guess probably not. A little I, bit. I it, like reading the novelizations. It gives you more backstory sometimes, like uh, insight into the character's thoughts and stuff like that that you wouldn't normally get in the movie. So I kind of am interested. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I think it gives you, uh, like the Force Awakens one had a lot of insight into what the characters were thinking, and that's yes. all canon. Who? I- oh, so. yes, in the Force Awakens, when Rey is trying to buy things, or no, trying to buy portions, mm-hmm. you never know in the movie that guy's kind of a creep. But when sure. you're reading the book, totally creepy. Or, for example, like when Ray is about to uh, at, at Starkiller Base when she has Kylo Ren on the the ropes. At the end, there's a voice in her head that says "Finish him, finish him," kind of thing. Like whose voice is that? Is that just Ray's kind of inner darkness? Like what's going on? Is that Snoke getting to her? And clearly, as Last Jedi taught us, maybe that was Snoke after Ooh. all, because he can get in in you know people's minds there. Uh, before we take just a. a Quick break and get into the, the bulk of the podcast. Uh, I wanted to also share a fun fact, kind of the fun fact of the episode. Four, and it pertains again to our, our main topic, Han Solo, the original casting of Harrison Ford. Do you know who else was considered for it? You've definitely read off some of these names to me. Um, some very, very Wasn't well-known Burt names. Reynolds on that list? Uh, not He's not on my short list here, but I think he was considered... For, he might have been Luke. I'm going to take a guess. Uh, was Woody Harrelson on the list? Uh, he was not. <laughs> uh, that would, would have been be good. Irony at its finest. Yes. Al Pacino. Oh. <laughs> that would have been oh. different. <laughs> wow. That's the fastest ship in the galaxy. Uh, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Gangsters here. Christopher Walken. Oh. <laughs> It'll make .5 past light speed. <laughs> well, ship made the castle run, and also Kurt Russell. Kurt oh. Russell would have been good. Would have been Russell. a good choice. Yeah. Kurt Russell auditioned for it. I mean, so granted, they found a they found a pretty good uh, suitor for it. They but got Kurt, the guy. Kurt, Kurt Russell would have been good. I could have lived with Kurt Russell. Yeah. That would be cool. Though my, there are two roles I've come to really think of Kurt Russell in recently. Not so recently. One is Herb Brooks in Miracle. Yeah, one of my favorite movies ever. Second would be. As uh, Ego in, in Guardians 2. <laughs> I uh, love like, Ego. Yeah, I, I just, anytime I hear of uh, Kurt Russell's name, that's what I think of nowadays. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. But uh, that's the news for the week regarding Star Wars and everything about it. Uh, quick plug before we take a quick break here. Uh, our YouTube channel, we are in need of some subscribers. YouTube has changed the partner guidelines for what is considered a small YouTuber, and we fall in those guidelines. So, before February 20th, we are in need of about 250 subscribers. These response from fans and friends and family has been overwhelming so far. We've made quite the rounds. Thank you so much if you've helped with that. But it's just youtube.com slash thegeekiverse. Uh, if you just click subscribe, all you need is a Gmail account. Or you can sign up with a different email address. But uh, we would really appreciate that. It would go a long way for us. If you like Star Wars in any capacity, you need to subscribe because Josiah alone will dish out all the star wars content you could ever ask for oh i crank out a lot baby that's not even taking into account what account uh, what the rest of the crew <laughs> exactly um, provides i uh there, there's a lot from video games to star wars to pop culture you name it so we'd appreciate that and uh after this we're gonna get into the meat of the solo a star wars story trailer we'll uh we'll be right back 
What's up, geeks? Just want to remind you of our fantastic YouTube channel. Next time you go to the Geekiverse on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. That way you don't have to search or hunt or find or look for anything that is our great content. Then it'll go right into your YouTube feed, and then boom, you know what's happening when it comes to the Geekiverse. Then share it with your friends. We want other people to join in. And tell us if you don't like it. We don't care. We're just having fun. We want you to have fun with us. Be sure to subscribe, share, favorite, like, thumbs up, thumbs down, up, down, left, right. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. So let's get to the show. Geekiverse YouTube. Do it. Welcome back to Walking Carpet. Josiah here with Jamie and Jeff. Uh, we are talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. So, fans had gotten a little bit stir-crazy over the last uh, few months, even though we just got The Last Jedi. It was a little bit weird not getting any sort of real images or scenery or you know, even leaked clips to this point. Lucasfilm has done a great job kind of keeping uh, the lid tight on this thing. So, we finally got it. We got a TV spot during the Super Bowl. We got the full trailer released this week. What uh? What are the first impressions? Really not knowing anything about this movie. How are you feeling with the tone? Are you excited? Do you need to see more? What's going on? First thing that jumps out to me is a lack of color in the visuals, which I think is interesting, and I like that. Like, it looks a little bit gritty. Like, it looks like there's kind of a, like, grayish, ashy film over everything, which I think is going to coincide with the tone of this. This is not happy-go-lucky action-adventure, hero's journey kind of story. This is going to be a little bit of uh, um, like nitty-gritty, grounded, uh, very per- very personal story for Han Solo. Didn't you think it was going to be... I Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was going to be more upbeat, colorful, fun, if you will. I don't know if I necessarily expected it to be that, but I don't... I, I think that the tone there projecting with this is appropriate i don't know if i would prefer a comical upbeat vibrant han solo story from the trailer it looked like there might be a few uh times that we laugh so i'm looking forward to that i mean it's han solo right he's got that sarcasm that's going to break that intensity that darkness he's always in there with those one-liners yes. so i think that's probably the primary reason ron howard was brought in last summer lord and miller from what it sounds like didn't quite fully grasp the character and it, it from what I understand, it was just comedy. It was a little too goofy. And it sounds like Howard maybe reined it in a little bit. In that darker tone, I think you're right. Does it, does it remind you of Rogue One's oh, totally. lens a it, bit? Yes, yeah. 100%. These anthology films have a little bit of a taste now, even though they're not totally related. Well, look at the time period it's set in. This is height of the Empire's rule. I mean, you know, the, the Rebel Alliance is barely a, you know, a, a hint of an idea at this point. Yeah. So it's incredible. It's, uh, so it takes place between episodes three and four. So we know that time frame. Looks to me like it's almost like 10 years before A New Hope. But I don't know that. With judging how old Han is. Yeah, he looks pretty young. But wh- how old is he in A New Hope? Like 27 or something? No, wait. Yeah, is he older. in his early 30s? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, first thoughts. What did you think of the trailer? Yeah. Oh, me? Well, we already asked <laughs> Jeff. Oh, me? Well, I already said I like... The uh, little bits of joking that we seem to see. Hoping that there's a lot of little funny parts, but not to make it too comical. And other than that, it just looks, I don't know, it looks awesome. (laughs) So a story written by Irvin Kirchner, who uh, was famous originally in Star Wars lore for helping craft The Empire Strikes Back in terms of um, directing. And then he was back for Force, or excuse me, uh, Lawrence Kasdan. Jeez. All over the place here. Lawrence Kasdan is who I meant to say. Regardless, he was a part of The Force Awakens. Um, didn't have his hand in Last Jedi so much, but he's back for this one, and this is supposed to be his final Star Wars tale. So, um, you know, I think that's a, a, a comforting thing for Star Wars fans. There's also a John Kasdan. That's his son. Yes, okay. Yep. Uh, so John is his son, and he had a, a hand in writing this as well. Lawrence is kind of the, the a little bit of the famous guy when it comes to Star Wars background. So we're going to get, it looks like Han's background here. The trailer opens with Han talking about kind of almost being on the run since he was 10. And I read something interesting online today from uh, someone on, on Twitter. I'll have to pull it up when we're discussing. But he said, 
he thought this was an interesting way of connecting Han to Ray, not necessarily by like blood, but why Han liked Ray so much in Force Awakens. Like he saw a lot of himself kind of on his own, but really willing to do anything, skilled. Trying to survive in inhospitable conditions. Exactly. Also, great pilot. (laughs) Yes, very good pilot. I think that's something you respected. So I think that's that's a part of it. Um, so we, we see a little bit of the Imperial Academy, it looks like here, at least from the TV spot. And it seems like Han's applying to be a part of it. I wonder if he's really applying or if this is kind of like an inside job, so to say. Trying to snoop around a bit? Yeah. Or just trying to steal something? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like, honestly. <laughs> Past Star Wars canon said that Han was a part of the Imperial Academy, which is kind of a nice backstory. So I always thought that was fun. But um, with the origins of Solo comes Woody Harrelson's character. Tobias Beckett. Tobias Beckett. So Harrelson wants to put together a crew. First of all, I love this casting choice. What do you guys think of Woody Harrelson in a Star he's, Wars film? He's so good. Yeah, he's a great actor. He, you, can't, uh, you can't complain about him being in this. No, not at all. He, um, I always think of him in Zombieland. That's kind of my Woody Harrelson go-to. <laughs> That's uh, that's one of my favorites. I'm really hoping they put together Zombieland 2 at some point. I know they've been talking about oh, that really? in the, the last six months or so. Intriguing. How old is that now? Zombieland would have come out in 2008 or nine. I think. See, we're, like, we were either in high school or we had just graduated, I feel like. Oh, nine. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay, so shortly after we right. graduated, but still. God, <laughs> memory almost, is ridiculous. Almost 10 years old. I, I remember pop culture stuff usually. But uh, Adam Bartle and I used to watch Zombieland. He introduced me to it, and that, that was the end of it. Loved it. So what do we think of that brief flash of Harrelson's character? What do you envision him to be? He's supposed to be Solo's mentor. I, I want to know what kind of crew he's putting together. What is this? Like re- like rebels or like what? <laughs> Maybe raiding the Empire? Mm. Some uh, Stealing some of the, the Imperial cargo on like a spice <laughs> trip? I I hope it's not another heist because that was you know that was the gimmick behind Rogue One. I, I hope th- I hope they find something a little bit different for a story element there then. Well, putting together a crew. I guess let's hypothesize what would he be putting it together for? It's definitely I, not the Rebel Alliance. Let's see. No. He is yeah. a smuggler, he's a pilot. Well, honestly, he could be a pilot for any kind of crew. He can you know, transport them wherever they need to go. So, what if he actually does have noble intentions, and something goes wrong, causing Han to become kind of the loner outcast that we see him then in A New Hope, where he's kind of like he's got a bleak outlook on the world, and it's just I take care of me, I don't take care of anyone else anymore because everything went wrong the last time. I, I can see that ju- having a little bit of a, a betrayal, I guess, a little backstory into a giant why- guilt trip for the next however many years then between this and New Hope. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I I, like. I want these anthology films to hit emotions that the numbered entries typically don't. Like, I want them to be a little bleaker. I want them to be a little more provocative. They've got more of a canvas, a blank canvas, when it comes to this. Right. You you know, you don't have as many conventions that you have to follow. Sure. And you know, I think we're coming to the end of that numbered film era with the Skywalker saga. So, yeah, it's going to be wide open shortly. And with Johnson's trilogy, I mean, there's no shortage of ways that can go. I wonder, kind of in the back of my mind, how that's going to be received with Johnson's Last Jedi being kind of mixed among fans, you know? How like, Solo is going to be received? Yeah. I like. I, I have no idea. It seems like Howard was brought in to make it safe, to make it more Star Wars, mm-hmm. as opposed to going out on a limb like Lauren and Miller did. I don't know. I, I, I they're, It seems like they didn't really get along with a lot of... Um, the executives over at Lucasfilm, but right. I'm sure that story will never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Chewbacca and he's played by Jonas Suetamo. Yep. <laughs> so that was very, good. very nice pronunciation. Wow. Thank yeah. you. Jonas played Chewbacca for half of force awakens. Any, any part where Chewbacca is running around Peter Mayhew, the original Chewbacca, unfortunately has had some, some tough times with his knees. Uh, he's had some surgeries. So he's 
usually just Chewbacca sitting down. And I can't imagine that's a light costume. So yeah, I can understand why that's probably difficult yeah. on a man his age and his health. They said something like he's like seven four or something. Jonas. I don't think I realized he was. The, wow, that's it's that, something nuts. That's like NBA player kind of tall. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't say on the IMDb page, but what about, it's crazy. what about his Wikipedia page? <laughs> you know, I'll find out. Seven four. It's something ridiculous. Jeez, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. But he uh, so he also played Chewie in Last Jedi. And uh, now he's going to play him here, which I love. I think he's a really nice replacement for Peter. Wait, is that? Uh, I'm sorry. He is six foot 11. Uh, I think that's incorrect. <laughs> of course, the, his picture on Wikipedia is him playing in basketball. Is it really? <laughs> which is <laughs> yes, perfect. Is. I, think, I, I think that's incorrect, but I don't have any facts <laughs> to back it up. I, I want to say from like Force Awakens commentary, they said he was. Yeah, this could be wrong. Well, yeah. maybe depending on what Jordans he's wearing. It very much depends. Or maybe, you know, Chewbacca custom gives him some height. Who knows? Still, that is a very tall gentleman. <laughs> so a, tall. I mean, like, I see a dude that's 6'3", and I'm, you know, looking up at him. Probably he'd have to be ducking down here. Like, <laughs> that's insane. It sounds funny to say, but I can always tell when Jonas is playing Chewbacca in terms of his mannerisms. Like, I thought it was really funny in uh, Last Jedi when he... <laughs> He's sitting around the fire on Octo, and he's about to eat the the porg. Just the way his eyes look around, like I thought that was really, really just those subtle little things when it comes to comedy make a big difference. <laughs> but I mean, he, he's kind of been handed off the reins here to to take over Chewbacca. One thing of note that I thought was interesting was Chewbacca doesn't have a single sh- uh, sash, but he had two. He had kind of like an X. Ah. Hmm, what happened there? Just just a nice marketing thing to sell more toys. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, like Red Arm C-3PO. Right. This is 3PO from Force Awakens. Or, you know, this is Chewbacca from Solo. I'm all sure the, you're wondering why my arm is red. <laughs> well. All the collectors got to have both Chewbacca action figures. One with the two two sashes or stripes. Exactly. It's, it's brilliant one with subtle the marketing one. there. Uh. Perhaps the most intriguing character in all of this to me is Amelia Clark as Kira. We know nothing about her. Nothing about her. None of us are Game of Thrones fans here. No. <laughs> so. She hasn't been anything else good, so. No, this is it. This is a big opportunity. Uh, she looks so intriguing to me. I, I want to know more about that character. What did you guys think of that briefly? She's, she gets a fair amount of dialogue. What like what are your impressions of that? I, I'm so, I'm I'm not a fan of her acting, no? so I just kind of have this built-in rep, like I'm built in like built in like built-in image where even if you know you know it's not like she comes off terrible in this trailer, but I just have this preconceived notion of her as this kind of like wooden stilted actress, and it's like I almost can't unsee it or unhear it, even if it's in you know a context like this trailer where you know it's not terrible or anything like that, but it's. Like I see her, I just think, oh god. <laughs> so I don't way. know. Uh, for for certain actors and actresses, uh, when she was announced for this too, I was like, eh. yeah, you were you were very tepid in response to that. <laughs> I was like I don't know. <laughs> no, you were a little more you were a little more aggressive no, than that. I wasn't. <laughs> That's about exactly how I was. <laughs> she, I yeah, I, I if you know me at all, I am not a Game of Thrones fan. I do not like Game of Thrones. I think it's poorly written in terms of the TV show. I think it's just ridiculous. I, I don't like the gore aspect of it. I think it's over the top in terms of unnecessary sex and things like that. It just it doesn't feel like good fantasy writing to me. So I have a tough association with a lot of those actors and actresses. But, hey, I like Peter Dinklage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Oh, yes. yes. Yep. Jeez, I forgot he was in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Well, for the first season, I think he was in. Yep. Yeah. I, think it, I think it was just the first season. It was. It was like the first 10 episodes or something I'm pretty like sure that. he was with Amelia Clark. He was, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I saw episode one and that's it. Yeah. Aquaman but I remember that. Kira? Right. <laughs> yeah, they were husband and wife in Universes Game of Thrones. Clashing. Yeah. Worlds well, colliding. Thank goodness they've left those episodes behind, I guess. Well, Amelia Clark's got one more season of Game of Thrones left. Yep. I don't know. Is she still alive? I have no idea. 
She must be. To my knowledge, yeah. <laughs> she must be. Spoilers. I don't know. Go listen to Geek of Thrones, everybody. Unsure. Yeah, Spoilers. this is not the right podcast to be <laughs> no, in Game of Thrones and fell from. No. Unless you want criticism of it, then it's a whole different story. Damn straight, Pavlok. <laughs> so, in terms of visuals we touched on earlier, uh, there's a good amount of Empire scenery here. What comes to mind in the brief glimpses that you guys saw in the, the trailer that calls back to that era between three and four well like i said this is height of the this is height of the empire's reign um the rebel alliance if it does exist in any capacity is extremely subtle at this point so you're you're not gonna see i feel like you're not gonna see a lot of you know hope a lot of freedom you're gonna see a kind of you know like the uh the, the iron hand kind of of the empire they control everything at this point across the galaxy it's you know it's going to be a very a tyrannical kind of rule. I feel like um, you know from the political side of it, you're going to see a very authoritative authoritarian kind of element there. If I had to guess, I mean the, yep. the trailer didn't show off too too much, but just basing on you know what time period this is. Jimbo, no visuals stuck out to you. Okay, so there's stormtroopers. I love seeing the classic trilogy stormtroopers. There were uh, TIE Fighters in that Star Destroyer, which was through the storm, which I thought was really beautiful. Um, and a little bit interesting also is a new iteration of the Millennium Falcon for us. So this is a beefed-up ship. It's really a cargo ship at this point. The OG. The OG. Uh, it's, it's not modified by Han. It's not even owned probably by Han yet. <laughs> so in that, that trailer, we see... Han, Chewie, and Lando together in there, oh. which begs the question: like, what you know, what what is the dynamic with their relationship there? I don't know. Yeah, have they met before this? I don't know. Kind of doesn't feel like it. it. Was Lando's ship? Hmm. <laughs> that is canon because that was Empire Strikes Back. So I, I, and I then see, what happens? I want to see that game of Sabak. I want to see how Han kind of cons him out of it. That'd be cool if they showed that. Yeah. In this, I think that would be really awesome. Uh, I would love to see uh, a bunch of things when it comes to Han and Lando's relationship. You know, we can get into it at a different time. But um, in terms of Lando, the the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on, what did you think of uh, Donald Glover? We we saw more of a glimpse of him in the TV spot, and that was a really stunning shot. Yeah, with his, like, fur coat on, looking all fancy. <laughs> He's a stylish guy. That's a nice coat. I really want that coat. <laughs> That's going to be a really good casting, in my opinion. Especially this time of year. It, it gets cold in Buffalo. <laughs> Give me that coat. And uh, we, we posted it on our, our Facebook for the Geekiverse. This is another outfit Lando's wearing, which I thought is wonderful. Oh, it's so good. And it's a picture that uh, the outfit Ron Howard had tweeted out some months ago. But he's got uh, kind of like a goldish yellow shirt on and uh, that famous blue cape. And I, I really like that. He just looks like Lando, classic Lando here. He definitely The does. resemblance is quite uncanny. It's awesome. Between him and uh, Billy D. William. It it's is impressive. It, I, I actually, so the, the promos we're talking about, obviously you can't see them, but if you go to our Facebook page, it's facebook.com slash the Geekiverse, you can check that out. Uh, there were four character promos. One was for Kira, Chewie, Lando, and then Han. And I think they're gorgeous. They're colorful. Uh, they're a little bit different from what we've seen in Star Wars promos before. And I, they're some of my favorite Star Wars posters I've ever seen. Oh, her name is spelled with a Q? Q-I apostrophe R-A. I yeah. thought it was like K-Y-R-A. It was. It, so a bunch of leaks, quote unquote, had said it was K-I-R-A. Yeah, like Kira Knightley kind of. or Yeah, is that how you spell Kira Knightley? I think oh, there's an e. e. That's right. Yeah. She does have an E in there. But I, th- I thought I'm was... okay. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of an anime. My bad. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> That's Never the same. Mind. It's all good. It's uh, it's it's fun though. Um, I I really like the the art direction of those. Yeah, those are cool looking. I think Donald Glover is going to be one of the best castings uh, that we've seen in a long time for Star Wars. Me too. I'm, uh, I'm really excited <laughs> to to see him kind of have that smug, sly, Billy D. Williams. You know, just kind of rolls off the tongue in terms of his swagger. And I think. If you're going to have anyone captured, it's probably Donald Glover. You can call me Billy D. <laughs> <laughs> Alden Ehrenrich. So that that's Han Solo in this movie. What what do you guys think of him? A lot of this is hinging 
on his performance in this movie. So far, okay, just with the trailer, he didn't have a ton of dialogue, but he, he did have some, and it didn't sound like Han to me, but I feel like it's not a big enough sample size for me to say, no, that's not Han. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I feel like he maybe, and maybe this is just part, you know my interpretation. Of it. I feel like in New Hope especially, Han talks very slowly, very deliberately, Whereas this kind of feels like fast talk, Han. That's why I'm hoping this leans closer to episode three. Yeah. Do you think he like Glenn goes Flint. through a lot and maybe that changes his approach Definitely. to everything? No, he absolutely. is older than Luke and Leia by a fair amount. Right. Yeah, like like ten years or a little maybe more. About ten years. You know, maybe by the end of this movie he's humbled. Yeah. So maybe that's why he has a little bit more reserved demeanor in New Hope. Whereas this, he he. he you know, he feels like a. I mean, granted, he's always a smart Alec, but in this one, he almost kind of feels like he's impulsive, if that is the right word for it. Yeah, he just he, like he feels like he. It feels like he's spitting things out a little faster and you know hastier than he would in New Hope. Just the way that he enunciated and spoke things in New Hope, he was very deliberate, very uh, leisured about it. I think uh, that's an interesting comparison. I like what I saw in the trailer. I think he doesn't really sound like Han just yet, but I think he looks like him a lot. I'm ho- like I said, I hope it's it's that he's a lot younger in in this in terms of the Star Wars timeline. I think in the TV spot that last shot of him in the what looks like a jail was a really nice shot of him as Han Solo. That looks like a young Harrison Ford to me. Some of the stuff we saw in the um I guess the trailer, he, his voice is a little bit different. Like you said, he, yeah, I guess he does talk a little bit fast, but he seems like a kid. And I'm fine with that because, yeah. you know, we've gone back in time before we've had younger Obi-Wan, younger Anakin to a point. So, you know, he's going to feel indestructible. He's going to be a young, headstrong kid. He hasn't seen, you know, all of the hurdles or, or dangers that the uh, galaxy can offer. Yeah, that's right. It's just funny, like, I, I flash, flash forward to, like, Force Awakens Han and, and what he looks like, and I think uh, that transformation is going to be a lot of fun. So, in wrapping up uh, the segment here for Solo, final thoughts. Uh, do we need to see more? Or are we happy we got this trailer finally? Uh, my opinion is that I feel a lot different about the movie after seeing it because the tone and the flavor of it was not what I was expecting. So going into the next few months, we're only about three and a half months away. You want another tra- a trailer out of this? Uh, w- you know, what are your expectations at this point? You know, to this point, it almost feels like part of the movie's identity has been that element of mystery where the audience and the fans are left in the dark. So I don't, I don't think I want to see another full trailer. I'm content with this and a couple more spots and then, you know, seeing the whole thing unfold when I finally go see the movie. Then. That, that's a good point. I don't want them to give away everything. Like, I hate when movies do that. And so I think this is good. <laughs> this was kept in the dark far longer than we ever expected. So I, I, I feel like that's part of its, like, unique hook now at this point. It felt like to me that it was in the dark for so long because they were scrambling to get it out on time and reshot and recut kind of thing. Yeah, but that's just my opinion. I'd love to know what the entire production process was like behind this. Apparently, this had a lot of reshoots, but well, like I said, we may never know that. And it is fairly standard for movies to schedule these reshoots and all that. That's not a surprise. But with all the turmoil that allegedly went on with it last year, um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. So, uh, wrapping up our, our segment on Solo, we'll be back for just one more after this. Uh, you can check everything out at facebook.com slash thegeekiverse. Keep up to date on everything at twitter.com uh, slash the underscore geekiverse or at the underscore geekiverse, um, as well as our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash thegeekiverse. So for Jim and Pav, we'll be back in just one moment. Before we get to your regularly scheduled programming, I want to remind you that we have an email list that you can subscribe to for free, and we won't spam you. And you'll get constant geek updates right to your inbox. Check it out on thegeekiverse.com. All right, let's get to the show. Welcome back to Walking Carpet, everybody. Jeff. 
Jamie Josiah here. Uh, so we just talked about Solo, a Star Wars Stories trailer. Uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit for the final segment and talk about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Pavlok and I have a tradition. So every new Star Wars movie, we sit in the theater and we come up with as many questions as we can. It usually ends up being 20 on what we want to know about the film, stuff that's unanswered. So it, starting with The Force Awakens, it just kind of became a thing with Rogue One, and then Last Jedi, I was looking forward to it. Uh, so I've got those saved on my phone right here. We'll go right down the list and answer them for you. At some point, this will be an article in written form on thegeekiverse.com. But uh, here we go. Number one, do we see Luke's green lightsaber? God bless, God bless that you, was Jamie. A wonderful, good job, guys. God bless Pop you, Jamie. Stares at me, and Jamie coughs. Okay, I apologize for coughing. So yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> we do see it. When do we see it, Jim? Have you seen the Last Jedi? What movie are we talking about? Oh my gosh! Goodness gracious, why are you here? Wow, I don't know. <laughs> So, I guess I'm just going to be a one-man show. It sounds like neither of you can answer it. I can, but I do all the talking. All right. All right. So, yeah. We do see Luke's green lightsaber. We see it during his flashback sequence with Ben Solo. You okay over there, Puff? I'm sorry. It was just Jamie's reaction or lack of reaction was priceless. She stared at me like (laughs) Steve Carell. You're not Ron. (laughs) Or like when someone gives a really stupid answer on a... Uh, family feud. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Steve Harvey. What's a lightsaber? She might have said. What is... Well, okay, my, It's part of a hanger. That's lovely. So, yeah. I was really happy to see that. I wished that we had seen it in the last portion of the Luke versus Kylo Ren battle on Crate. But, unfortunately, we did not. Question number two. Do we see or hear Force Ghost versions of either Yoda, Anakin, or Kenobi? Well, that's a big 10-4, good I'm going to say Yes. <laughs> Talk about it. So we see Yoda. Oh, I loved that when Yoda was there talking to Luke and he <laughs> sets the temple on fire. He just laughed at Luke. It's Man, so good. I love that laugh. It's so good. What did you think of the puppet? I didn't like the puppet. Me neither. I thought it was poorly It just built. looked. Eh. It looked like a sickly Yoda, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was. He was a force ghost. Force, force ghost is supposed to be the best version oh, of that's the, right. in my opinion. There's got to be some kind of skin mask or, uh, you know, face mask that he could be putting on every night. They say <laughs> He's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> when 900 years old you are, look as good, you will not. He, <laughs> I, I did not like the look of the puppet. I thought I it looked kind of like he was ready to throw up the whole time. <laughs> I appreciate that they were going for the, the, the physical puppet instead of the CG, but... Yoda's CG is the best CG in the entire prequel trilogy. I'd agree with that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Question number three. Do we learn how Maz Kanata acquired Luke's blue lightsaber? No. No. It's a story for another time, but apparently that other time was not episode eight. Right. Number four. Do we see any of Han? Oh, Pavlok, I thought you had this one. I I I thought you had this one. My crackpot theory didn't turn out to be right, but we got one more movie for it. We do. So, in short, what was that theory? Han has some kind of connection to the Force, and he would come back as a Force ghost. I would have never bought it, but you were so convincing. I'm still convincing. So you you think it's going to happen in episode nine? I I don't know for sure at this oh, come point. On, I, I, I would I would have really thought it would happen in this one if it did happen. But you know what? I'll I'll keep my money on the table for that. Why not? I've come I've come this far. Everyone's see it al- through, man. Everyone's already laughed at me for it. I might see, as well see it through to the end. I I did not laugh at you. I supported it. I said everyone else. <laughs> All right, damn it. Number five. What is the new main musical composition? Uh, it is, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Roses. So Rose Tico's character has a new, like, kind of charming uh, little <laughs> song that goes behind her every time she plays. Uh, plays, you know, plays. She just plays in the game. <laughs> every time she plays. <laughs> every time she goes out and plays with Finn. They just they go out and have fun. They're children. They're yeah. children. <laughs> Six. Uh, how does Ray get, <laughs> what is so funny? How does Ray get to Snoke? <laughs> Oh, she willingly goes there willingly, yep. to see Kylo, her new pal. Her new pal. <laughs> Very much Luke in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Very much so. Like I he can goes turn him. <laughs> I can turn him. <laughs> Number seven. Do we see any classic trilogy characters that we didn't see in The Force Awakens? None come to mind. 
Uh, no. I was hoping uh, Lando. <laughs> I, yeah, I was hoping you had an answer to that because I'm drawing a blank right now. Mm, I, I well, don't think we'd Yoda. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that was bad. We should. <laughs> but I don't think that's what we were going for because Yoda. I almost envision as more of like a prequel guy now. Even though he first appeared in yes. the originals, but he was so prominent in the prequels. Yeah. I think he was more prominent in the prequels almost. Uh, it goes back and forth. He's Across just the three important. Movies he was, He's just important he, he always. Is. All the time. I want to measure this screen time. <laughs> God. I hope it comes down to a, like a minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the stopwatch <laughs> and I'm adding this one up. Well, I hope you guys know that after this we're watching all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> I can't wait to hear <laughs> the totals. stopwatch is ready. <laughs> Number eight. Do we see a new force power? We do. We do. Oh, yeah. Flying. <laughs> <laughs> through the now not the what galaxy. I thought of at all. She's nope. Mary Poppins, y'all. She is. <laughs> is he cool? See, I thought that that was really funny that they <laughs> just talked about Mary Poppins and Guardians. But okay, what other prominent force power do we see though? Well, Luke's making an uh, an entire a very believable ah. apparition of himself. Incredible. What else? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the what mind else? bridge with Snoke. Right. Right amazing so we got a lot of new force i guess we shouldn't necessarily say new but force powers that we hadn't previously seen by the way i was really really happy to see leia get that little touch of force because i I always wanted her one time in the movies to use it she has had years where she probably was becoming more and more force sensitive and i don't think that she would just have no powers with it at all after all this time in the past star wars canon the extended universe Leia was Luke's first student and became a Jedi. In this canon, obviously not a Jedi, but um, Luke offered to have her be the first student and help him build that Jedi Order, but she wanted to stay involved in what she was doing with the New Republic at the time as a senator. But she did have, you know, minor force abilities, naturally. That girl survived out in space. (laughs) Yeah. There were several times when she probably should have died. There were several times. Notably, <laughs> the lack of oxygen. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll do it to you. Uh, number nine, do Ray and Finn reunite in this film? Yes, they do. Uh-huh. Someone pointed out on Twitter, one of the Star Wars accounts I follow, that uh, they didn't have a spoken word to each other, which I thought was kind of a nice thing. Oh. I don't know. They talk, obviously, throughout their stuff in episode seven, but... Uh, they have very different journeys in this one. And it was nice to see them kind of together again at the end. Ten. Oh, yes, ten. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait, uh, I just yes, read that. Yes, ten. Uh, yes, Mary, present. Uh, why are Finn and Rose undercover? <coughs> Come what? on, talk while I cough. <laughs> jeez, jeez, Louise, everyone at home is like, they don't even know Star Wars. So we find out that they are trying to... Uh, essentially break into Snoke's Star Destroyer <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, change up the coding, which I think is, is pretty amazing. Which leads into question 11. Who is DJ? You don't know who DJ is? <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's Benicio Del Toro. Next question. Oh. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> DJ stands for don't join. Uh, he <laughs> is the guy that is the code breaker, but not the code breaker they were going after, by the way. Right. They were going after Mr. Jennifer Aniston's character. <laughs> Mr. Jennifer Aniston? Mr. Jennifer Aniston. Okay. You, you heard me right there. Big okay. Guy. Hang on as I sip my coffee. Benicio Del Toro was just some schlemiel that they happened to find. He was. Yeah. Schlemiel. He was a total schmazzle. Number 12. Are the Porgs anything other than fan service? <laughs> yeah, they were dinner. Yes. They totally were. They were. That's one of my favorite sequences. Weren't, they were there to... <laughs> Okay. They were there to cover the indigenous species that lived on the island, yes? So, yes. They actually were there. <laughs> uh, I don't know the name of the bird. I'm so sorry. There was a bird native to um, Michael Skellig, which is where Octo was shot. That's the actual name of the island, Michael Skellig. Okay. And the birds there were protected. They can't touch them, even for the sake of filming. They can't shoot them. Yeah. Anywhere a bird was, a porg was. Basically <laughs> put in... On, on screen. No kidding. According to the internet, they were puffins. Yes, puffins. So, so wait, they can't even like be filmed? No. Wow. So they filmed them, but then they covered them up. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. 
So it, that makes me feel a little bit better. That's what in the British Isles, that yeah. island? Yes. Okay. Um, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, so they they said more specifically it was off the coast of Ireland. I want to say. Yeah, that's uh, you know same in that vicinity, general region. But uh, anyway, I thought that that was a nice thing that they weren't just kind of there to sell merch. Yeah, I ended up liking them. Um, yeah, they provided sustenance. Sustenance for Chewie, and then. Best friendship with Chewie. <laughs> Gotta fill the void of Solo somehow. <laughs> kind of oh. just following him everywhere after that. I love that when he feels so guilty that he lets him come on the Falcon. <laughs> and then kind of just has a hissy fit when they're in the way. I love that. So, number 13. Does Leia make it out alive in this film? She does. She does. Like I said, <laughs> there were several times when she was probably supposed to die. So what the hell are they going to do? Yeah, good question. They must have some kind of like footage of her that they can use, at least for the beginning of the next episode, don't you think? Going to have to do it off screen, I think. Hmm. It's Maybe cut footage, something. It's a conundrum. I, I, I really don't know what you would do if, if I was in that situation as a writer. They totally could have used... Um, yeah, no, there were just so many times that she could have... She could have died in this movie that they could have just used. Yep. <laughs> they had a few outs. They didn't take them. Nope. <laughs> could have been something as simple as Kylo Ren blowing up the, the crate base. Her obviously floating out in space. But um, at first I was not happy with how they handled her in this movie. As it sunk in, it, it sits better with me as time goes on. I'll say this, what I've learned about Star Wars recently with me. Is my immediate reaction is to not react to it because I don't know how I feel. And once it sinks in, then I, it's a little bit of a different story. When I first saw the solo trailer this morning, for example, I was like, eh, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, it, that's, that, it looks cool. But as it goes on, I'm like, oh my gosh, no, I love this. It just kind of sinks in. It, it grabs root for me. I'm sure a lot of other listeners would feel the same way. Fourteen. Do Ray and Kylo reconcile? Um, <laughs> that's they, uh, close. That's a complicated to. question. They're enemies at the end of the, the movie. Again. They're frenemies. They start to. Oh, they're frenemies. They're frenemies by the end of, of it. They have that amazing fight where they're on the same side, and then and then after that, they just fall apart again. Gosh, I hope they're related. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. I want them to be related. I don't care if it's siblings. I don't care if it's cousins. Damn it! I want them to be. Skywalkers or Solos, you know, however you slice it up. I just want it. Let me have this. Fifteen. Do we get any clues as to Ray's heritage? I give that one an incomplete. I think so, too, because I just am not... It might be true, but I'm not really willing to accept the fact that they're just nobodies, her parents. So, Ryan Johnson gave J.J. Abrams a choice. Hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. He can either go with it, or he can say, no, Kylo Ren was BSing you. Yeah. Pavak, what do you think? Either way could work, but is I there just... Any, oh. Do you think that's true? Is there, is there any way that... I honestly... I, I'm not going to speak for whatever J.J. Abrams chooses. I hope he eventually goes the route that Kylo was BSing Ray because I think that's a giant buzzkill and immensely anticlimactic Why plot Why play twist. it up so much if you're just going to... I mean, I don't know. There are a lot of people, and even specifically a few in the Geekiverse, Seth, that think <laughs> that... It was not implied that Ray was someone of importance. Hmm. Yeah, well, Seth is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. I I think it very much was hmm. in all of the lead up to Force Awakens, even to after the Force Awakens. That was not so much fan theory. I think Snoke is more fan theory. Who's Snoke? They never let on that Snoke was important. Yeah, in that it sense. really seems well, like no, he's when nobody. I say important, <laughs> I mean, in terms of tied to past characters. Yep. Obviously, Ray is important, regardless if she's connected to a famous blood relative. But I digress. Sixteen. We kept hearing about this big twist. This big twist is going to happen in The Last Jedi. What's the big twist? Well, what do you guys consider the big twist? I would say Snoke getting killed off halfway through the movie. The guy who is implied to be the primary antagonist for this trilogy bites the bullet not barely halfway through. You don't see that too often in stories. I wasn't shocked, I'll say. Yeah, no, neither was I, but... Bull crap. I, I w- no, 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 no. I, I wasn't Bull shocked. Crap. I was surprised. There's a difference. There's totally a difference. 
Like, I would have been shocked back in the day to find out that Darth Vader was Luke's father. This was more surprising than anything. I think that it was like, oh, okay, so that's an interesting direction. What was upsetting to me was that at that moment, Kylo Ren didn't become Ben Solo again. I wanted, I th- that is one of my favorite sequences in all of Star Wars history. Those two fighting together in the throne room. Th- me too. Oh my gosh, it was so good. And it just felt like they were going to be unstoppable. And then, then they fell apart two minutes later. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, He's just so a total unstable. Back, backtrack oh. there, and then he lies about it to Hux and says Ray killed Snoke. And anyway, oh, and Hux almost kills him. That's so funny. Yeah, that would have been real funny. So funny. I also didn't like Hux not dying there. I thought that would have been like an ultimate moment of darkness. Kylo Ren being like almost Sith-like and choking him and killing him. Well, somebody said that uh, Kylo knows he needs Hux. Like he can't organize everyone on I, his own. I, totally disagree with that because kylo ren could just do whatever he wants yeah but again 17 really thought this was going to happen because abrams teased it do we learn of finn's heritage Mm, not really no we know his story from force awakens that he was a basically taken from his family when he was little to be a stormtrooper but that's about it yeah um okay 18 how does the movie start uh, that was much speculated over how it was going to connect directly to episode seven. I love the way they did it. I absolutely love the way they did it. Starting out with that dog shit battle. Yes. I Sorry, uh, dog fight. Wow, dog, dog shit battle. Dog, dog shit battle. <laughs> I love how uh, <laughs> they, uh, they cut right to evacuating the planet. Of course the resistance would, would be found by the First Order. The First Order was coming to get him with Starkiller Base. That was so well done. And then Finn asking him, where's Ray? What a nice... Uh, yeah. Finn asking Poe, specifically. I thought that was a really nice cutaway. 19. Are there any cool cameos? Oh, there's a ton. There's an absolute ton. Uh, which you can see... Yeah, we talked about it in the last Jedi spoiler cast, which you can find right on iTunes. 20. Does it end with a cliffhanger? Uh, not the traditional one. It I say no. No, I mean, I have no idea what that little kid is doing there. I have no idea where this story is headed. I have no idea what's going on with Snoke, if, he, if he's actually dead or not. Oh, I'd say he probably is. Not a, not a cliffhanger, per se, but it ends with a ton of unanswered questions. Yeah. Snoke could jump right back into someone else's body if he's anything like that extended universe Palpatine. Yeah. Where he can right. possess clones and things of that nature. Hmm. Just saying, it's on the table. I don't know. I uh, wanted to finish off this episode with something I read on Twitter this week. It's one of my favorite threads ever. Uh, it's from at Patrick H. Williams. It's W-I-L-L-E-M-S. Oh. So, kind of a, a funny uh, funny way to look at The Last Jedi. I'll read some of the tweets. Watching The Empire Strikes Back, and wow, all this comedy with C-3PO while Luke is almost dying is so out of place. Irvin Kirshner ruined Star Wars. Ugh. And now Hot and Leia are basically in a romantic comedy. Get this corny humor out of Star Wars. Oh, Luke has telekinesis now. Way to break the whole mythology. So that giant asteroid worm can breathe in space? It should have died in seconds. Good to know this movie doesn't care about physics at all. Goodness, I'm waiting for Luke to find the badass Jedi Master, and then there's just some endless scenes of a dumb Muppet stealing his food. Did he land on Sesame Street? Wait, Darth Vader, the ultimate badass villain, is just a lackey to some crusty old dude? Does this old dude even have a name? Where did he come from? (laughs) Obviously, you're seeing the similarities between complaints about this and The Last Jedi. (laughs) Oh, so none of the complaints are valid about Last Jedi. Okay. No, they're, they're valid for sure. Uh, how are these TIE fighters dropping bombs when there's no gravity in space? My boy Han Solo finally gets some action, and then it's ruined with more 3PO comedy, like it's suddenly an Inspector Clouseau movie. <laughs> Luke is on some kind of vision quest in a haunted cave? How many times can one movie break its own mythology? Oh, sure, you're telling me a Star Destroyer has no cameras or anything to detect a whole spaceship just sitting on its own surface? No one's gonna look out and <laughs> No one's going to look out a damn window and see it? Oh my gosh, it goes on and on. And I think it's funny because that was a lot of fans' reaction to Last Jedi. It was like, hang on, whoa, whoa, slow down. 
And that's how people would have looked at it. The Empire Strikes Back if the internet existed back in the day. If Star Wars uh, and the internet coincided at that point. I just, I thought it was funny. Complaints are valid for The Last Jedi, but I argue against the whole plot hole complaint. I don't think there's any plot holes whatsoever in Last Jedi that I've come across that were valid. He's going on. I don't know. Wendy Ruff over there. No, not plot holes. Ambiguities, unanswered questions. Totally different than a plot hole. Yes. Plot hole, the term plot hole is often not used correctly. A plot hole would be is Finn was killed in, in the, the battle and then just automatically you know woke up. That, <laughs> you know, that would be a thing. So wrapping up here, our episode of Walking Carpet, we got through a lot of good content today from The Last Jedi to the Han Solo trailer. Uh, we're going to pass it around a little bit here. Uh, plug something you're working on for the Geekiverse. Something that is out for content for you. What is happening in public? <laughs> in the near future, I will have my second edition of my all New Japan Pro Wrestling column, Strong Style for All, covering the new beginning in Osaka event. Um, and then in a couple months, I will have the first book in my young adult high fantasy trilogy, The Legend of Light. First book being titled The Echoes of Light, releasing. <laughs> we are uh, gunning for a physical release at Nickel City Con. Nickel at- City 18, it's coming up. That's Woo! right. Good stuff. You uh, you are hosting uh, a panel. That's right. At Nickel City Con Pavlock. That will be with the Young Bucks, the tag team, uh, wrestle- wrestling tag team. Sorry, I don't know why I put those out of order, of Nick and Matt Jackson. Very cool. Very cool. Also, we've got some fan fiction stuff going on. Not That's fan right. fiction, but uh, self-produced fiction, I should say. Right. Uh, if you are an aspiring writer and you've got short stories or want to write short stories and see them published in the genres of horror, fantasy, and sci-fi, please send them our way. Um, we are now publishing story, short stories in those genres up to 7,000 words on thegeekiverse.com. And we're paying you to do it. That's right. We are paying you. We are not just giving you exposure. We're, we're giving you some cash. Jimbo, what's going on in the Geekiverse? Okay. Uh, well, one of my geek resolutions for 2018 was to read the book A Wrinkle in Time before seeing the movie when it comes out in March. And I have completed that. I'm going to be writing a little something about that. Uh, also, a series of unfortunate events. Uh, season two comes out at the end of March. So I'll be writing the review of season two for that. And then another of my. Uh, resolutions was to beat at least three video games in this calendar year. Uh, I beat four already. I was saying, yeah, I know. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I've had a really good January. I have not. Um, So the first one I'm tackling is Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. So you'll be seeing a review of that. That is one of our most viewed videos of last year is our E3 preview when we got hands-on time with that. I didn't think that that would get so much (laughs) interest. But I love the Lego games. Oh, it is great. I'm a sucker for them. And I'm really waiting for the announcement for Lego Last Jedi. I don't know mm. where that is at this point. Quick question. Where did Lego originate from? Because I didn't know this answer up until a couple days ago. What do you mean? What country what, did Lego originate in? The answer is one that I never expected. Canada. No. Scandinavia. <laughs> You're getting close. Actually, uh, I, I, think s- you, I think you are in that ballpark, depending on <laughs> how you classify Scandinavia. Nothing. But it's I, Denmark. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Never knew that up until a couple I days ago. I did not goes. know that either. Right. Oh, good stuff. Well, okay. That's a fun little tidbit. Right. Uh, Sorry for the tangent. No, it was that's just <laughs> interesting. Anything else uh, we're missing, Jim? I don't think so. All right. What's you up to, Josiah? So I've got a lot going on. A lot going on right now. Uh, you can go to thegeekiverse.com. I wrote a recent article on uh, Phasma, five things that we learned about Captain Phasma from the Delilah S. Dawson novel entitled Phasma. Also, I produced a video uh, in our series called Geek Bits, which is at thegeekiverse.com and youtube.com slash thegeekiverse. It's a quick uh, little tidbit on how Phasma got her armor, which is really a good story, I think. So, in terms of upcoming content, we've got a lot of podcasts uh, and videos coming up in the next few months. This is really biz- busy season for us. It seems like March all the way through like July. It just it gets out of hand crazy. So buckle up here and you know enjoy the next few months. We've got uh, a lot going on. Keep it locked to the Geekiverse. Uh, I'm going to run through some of our social media, some of our programs right now. We won't keep you too long. Um, follow us on all our social media. We've got Facebook.com slash the Geekiverse. On Twitter, we are at the underscore Geekiverse. Instagram 
at the Geekiverse. Uh, we've also got, as I mentioned earlier, our YouTube channel. We are in need of your help. We'd appreciate that a lot. Tell a friend if you already subscribe. Uh, go to youtube.com slash the Geekiverse. We are in need of about 250 subscribers before February 20th to keep the lights on on our YouTube. So we would really appreciate that. Be sure to share it on your social media. Uh, it would go a long way for us. Additionally, you can find all of our podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, and thegeekiverse.com. You can find a Patreon for the Geekiverse. So that helps us keep the lights on on a month-to-month basis. You can subscribe anywhere from $1 a month, just $1, all the way up to 25 if you're feeling particularly fan-like. <laughs> so there are different perks for each level. Uh, we'd appreciate any help that you can lend our way there. That's patreon.com slash thegeekiverse, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. We've got a great email list. Uh, additionally, our store, all of our, our merchandise, all of our T-shirts, $10 now, including my favorite, the Rebel Scum T-shirt, which I was really happy because Finn says that in The Last Jedi. Right? Oh, my goodness. We already had that T-shirt going, which is exciting. It looks great on a baseball tee. So. It really does. really does. I have one. Garvey has one. Uh, you can go to thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com. It's S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y.com. We'd appreciate that. You can find me personally. I am at Josiah D. Leroy on Twitter. You can find me rambling about Star Wars, uh, anything geek, and, of course, video games, which Pete apparently does not like. Yeah, what is that about? What a Fruit Loop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Grumpy Fruit Loop, am I right? Yep. <laughs> Keep That's it locked to the Geekiverse for all your Star Wars coverage of Solo, a Star Wars story in the coming months. Jeffrey, you're at Jeffrey Pobs on Twitter? That's correct. At Jamie Lenleroy on Twitter? Yes, sir. Boom. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you guys soon. May the force be with you. <laughs>